Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander and as always I am joined by my two co-hosts Dave Glanz and Mike Mirandi. Say hello gentlemen. Hello gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. We apologize for coming at you uh, two or three days later than normal, but we were hit by a cold blizzard and no one felt like driving in it. So, um, As opposed to a warm blizzard. We uh, couldn't. Yes. <laughs> no, that we didn't want to, our dear listeners. We just could not. We, we could not do it. Physically couldn't. And then I flew down to San Antonio to escape the cold. And I now, I, I bet people are probably asking themselves, why do you guys have to record the podcast in the same room? And let me tell you. I like being in the same room with people <laughs> yeah. who are talking about movies. I want to yeah. be in the creepiest basement possible yeah. with three dudes just talking about movies. I, I need to feel Excuse on Excuse me. This basement is not that creepy. <laughs> it's, not. It's, got, it's got finger paints over here. It's got a yoga ball. There's <laughs> <laughs> just a ball and chain in the corner. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing to worry about. It's nothing to worry about. Um, yeah, but yeah, so on today's episode, we are going to be talking about The Jerk, Who, which is a 19... Yes, Mike Mirandi. We're talking about The Jerk, which is a 1979 comedy film uh, directed by Carl Reiner, starring Steve Martin. Um, and this is an interesting film uh, to talk about just because we haven't discussed a lot of comedies on this podcast so far, or, or movies that are purely comedic, I feel like. Mm. Um, and I wanted to... One of the reasons... This sh- uh, the point of this show is we watch movies to determine if they hold up when viewing them now and comedy is one of the most yeah. uh, th- is a subject that is incredibly tied to the time period in which it was created and I feel like drama kind of gets a pass a lot of times so you can watch a drama from 30 years ago and a lot of those hold up very well because they're you know they're hitting on core issues and it's serious and dark but comedies oftentimes are um, are signs of the times they're, they're the jokes tend a lot of jokes tend to be pop culture related or reflect society or satirical about a, moder- a type of society. So some comedies don't necessarily work as well. Um, so, I mean, I'll see a comedy... Like, a great example example for me is... Um, I'm, I was a huge Mike Myers fan growing up, and, uh, you know, a lot of the jokes or some of the jokes in the Austin Power movies, especially the sequels, they're very pop culture-based. Yeah. So a lot Same of the, with Wayne's World, even more so, I would say, with Wayne's World. Um, well, don't say that, because Wayne's World is the greatest movie of all time. So, <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's bad, then, but it's, like, not but, greatest you know. comedy, Dave. The greatest movie. Greatest movie, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, but it's very true, and so you know, you show a movie like Wayne's World to a teenager nowadays, and they're like, "What the heck is this great Poupon joke that they're making?" Like, I make <laughs> right. it means nothing to me. Yeah. Right, so, right, right. Um, the Jerk is a movie I have never seen, um, and I believe Mike, of course, has never seen the Come movie on. because Mike doesn't watch movies. Come on. I didn't realize that you guys hadn't seen the. And Dave, I'm guessing know. you have. So seen I it. am the reviewer here. Dave is the only <laughs> one that is officially going to review the film, um, and essentially to give uh, some setup. Um, let's uh, listen to the trailer now. In the history of motion pictures, only a select few performers have become immortalized by the roles they have portrayed. Consider the vamp, the champ, the tramp. And now the most perfect casting of all, Steve Martin, the jerk. It was never easy for me. I was born a poor black child. Meet Naven Johnson. He's poor. You mean I'm gonna stay this color? And he's eager. This is the kind of music that tells me to go out there and free somebody! But Naven... Let him go. Traveling down that lonely road, seeking fortune. Actual live weight guessing. Take a chance and win something. 
finding fame. The new phone book's here! The new phone book's here! Johnson, Navenar. Um, this movie stars uh, Steve Martin, as I said, and basically he plays the prototypical fool character, I would say, yeah. who goes yeah. through a series of misadventures. He's a, he, he's a white man who grew up as a young black child <laughs> yeah. in the Deep South <laughs> who um, uh, decides one day he wants to go out and set out uh, into the world and make something for himself, and he goes through a series of adventures, comic misadventures, exactly. Yeah. Um, the way I would describe this film is it's kind of of the Forrest Gump model or the being there model. It's a movie about a fool who kind of finds himself in situations and the comedy is often, is often related upon the fact that he's always behind everyone else in, in, in the situation. Um, it's, it, it's like in, even the prototypical fool idea is almost Shakespearean in a way. There's always kind of this guy who fills that stock character role and Steve Martin is playing that in this, he plays um, Navin, Navin John Johnson, Johnson. Johnson, which is a great name. So, wait, 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 say it, Navin? Navin Johnson. Navin Johnson, okay, at least said Navin John Johnson. That would be Navin R. Better. Johnson. Uh, right, do we know what the R stands for? I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I, feel, I feel like this name is supposed to be a joke, but I, I can't quite figure out what the joke is. It was it a cultural <laughs> joke of the 70s. Maybe. Um, so I think, Mike, as always, I'll start with you. And it's a simple question I'm going to ask you. Is the jerk <laughs> funny? Yeah. I think it's fine. I, I think so. I think sorry. we're, I think we're well, sorry. podcast, Jeez. guys. So I think we'll, we'll call work. it a night. Yeah, it's and I, I do have to get out of here. So, <laughs> so no, I, I, I think so, yeah. And that was something I was worried about. Okay, so I, I like Steve Martin. I, did, I think recently I grew to appreciate him more. I've seen him in Father of the Bride many years ago. Um, I thought he was good there. Something about Steve Martin to me, I, I, don't, I can't even tell you what it is. It's a certain je ne sais quoi <laughs> of, like, there's something about him. It's just I, I, endearing and funny to me. I don't know if that's it's universal. I'm sure it is to some degree. Um but I, I, I started listening to some of his stand-up, and I'm like, he's just genuinely pretty funny. Like, I, I'd like to see, it's just the way he says certain things, it's his delivery. Um, it's, it's often somewhat like this snide, smart, somewhat humor. Um, so I was kind of interested to see how this was going to, how it was going to fare. Um, and I don't know, I, I said the opening, like, monologue of him as a bum. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's going to be. The, he's talking to the yeah, camera. Yeah, right. So, he, yeah, he starts out talking to the camera, you know, saying that, like, you know, I wasn't always like this. It was... It was very hard for me. It wasn't easy for me. I grew up a poor black child. Yeah. Um, the opening monologue wasn't like, it didn't get me. And I was kind of worried, like, oh, God, it's going to be, like, you know, two hours or hour and a half of 1970s, like, not funny humor. And I don't know. I, I mean, it was okay. And then I, then once we get into the, the actual movie, I, I just think it's, it's, it's smart for me. I don't know. Uh, I think I was expecting. And there is some slapstick stuff. There is some, like, crude humor, right? But there's also just, like, some really funny, just visual gags. Um, just things like you know him when he's trying to dance when I, him and his the rest of his uh, black family are singing and they're dancing with the blues <laughs> he discovers rhythm and he, he well he can't he you know he, he doesn't just discover rhythm he discovers white people music basically like he listens to what is it jazz like or something it just sounded on no the it's radio blues or, he, it's blues and it's like I didn't think did. it was. I think I didn't. No, no, no. I, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you, Mike. He he can't get the blues music because he has and, no rhythm. He's a white guy, so and then <laughs> that's why he felt different. He hears and then, a radio signal from St. Louis. And I feel like he's listening to jazz music. Or something that's a little bit more, yeah, right. So it's less Southern. Um, and all of a sudden he's like, whoa, I can feel the beat here. This is different. I have to go there, you know. I, I just think even just that gag alone I think is really funny. Um, 
it just you know him running into his room crying and the, his his mom his adopted mother is saying like do you feel different again and, and then when they tell him like you're actually you know you, you're you're white he's like that means my skin's gonna stay this way forever <laughs> like just, I think there's just some great one-liners and just some great concept stuff like even I, I like the transition you know when he gets his name and jumping ahead when he's at the gas station and he gets his name in the phone book and he's all excited that his name is in print and what great opportunities <laughs> the phone come book by. is here the it's, phone book is here and like that joke itself is kind of funny and then they cut to the fact they cut to the guy the psycho with the rifle who just like picks his name out of the book like immediately um, after by far the biggest laugh in the movie right me. I just thought that was great and, and like and that's the thing that's a kind of humor I think that it, I think it does spend time I think it is because these are all like smart it, these one liners here and there just conceptually they're funny they're not they don't have to depend upon anything like you were saying Ivan yeah like, it wasn't like dependent on, on the time that it was made like 70, yeah. 79 was the year it came 79 yeah and yeah. you know in, in the fact that you are still laughing does say something about the movie, Mike, because 79 is a long time ago. Yes, it was, yeah. I mean, like, that, we're talking about, we're nearing, what, 40 years since that movie was made? So, <laughs> yeah. so that's crazy um, that it, it still kind of works in that, that, that certain way. And, and, you know, it's funny, just as, I think as a closing note, it's just that there's a lot of, a lot of the humor and a lot of the jokes seem somewhat universal. I think they like he they would something would happen and be like, huh, they did that then too. Then okay, cool. Like there were always <laughs> psychos going around with rifles trying to kill people, even in the seventies. Okay, like I just it's something about it did not feel dated to me. And I, I you know I, that I think for me that was like one of the, the biggest uh, most important parts of the, the humor for me was that it was it was for me timeless. Yeah. Um. So Dave, when did you first see this movie? I, I'm sure I saw it. This is another one of those movies that I probably saw in bits and pieces on cable as a kid, and I eventually saw it all the way through. I don't, I don't remember when it was, but it's been so long since I've actually seen it that, you know, I've seen scenes from this movie, you know, in, in recent years, just like clips on YouTube of, for whatever reason, um, like the, you know, the, the famous scene where he's, uh, so to me, the scene that I remember the most is the one where he's like, you know, he's, he, he, so the story is Steve Martin plays his fool, that event, and like, you know, inadvertently kind of invents this eyeglass rim thing, right? <laughs> and then he becomes he becomes wealthy and then it's about his, you know, his fall or whatever. It's, you know, it's not really about that or whatever. But he you know, so he, he loses all his money and and uh, he he's like, I don't need anything. I just need this ashtray. I just need this ashtray in this remote. I just need this ashtray in this remote. And this paddleboard game. I, I'm sure the quote is here somewhere, but it's like he just needs all these different things. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. That's all I need. This chair. Know? So it's like, I, re I remember, that's the thing I remember from when I was a kid seeing this movie. And I remember Steve Martin, I mean, Steve Martin was kind of like the face of comedy for me in the 80s, along with Robin Williams, I would say. Just like, say, Mel Brooks was kind of the face of comedy in the 70s. Steve Martin kind of like took the reins with, Robin Williams and uh, um, other comedian names are slipping. Um, but, uh, you know, I've always been like a casual fan. Like, I like, I like Steve Martin. You know, I like him in his, and he has a few dramatic roles he's been in. And, it, you know, and his comedic roles like Parenthood, um, this, the, the Ron Howard movie. Um, there's this movie that was also directed by Carl, Carl Reiner called... Um, Oh God! Cheaper by all the dozen. Of, it was called All of Me. No, 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 not not. It was called <laughs> All of Me about uh, 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 he he not inherits, but he inhabits the soul of a, of a dead millionaire who's played by Lily Tomlin. So he has it's like this really brilliant kind of physical performance that Steve Martin gives. And this movie has a lot of physical uh, elements to it too. I mean, this performance is you know comedy's hard. I mean, in this movie. To me, it's still funny. I mean, it's that's the thing. That's the thing I really got out of it watching it this time, was that, uh, you know, I actually laughed. Like I watch a lot of older comedies and I kind of just snicker. But this one, 
there were some definite laugh out loud moments. Like for me, you were saying the laugh. Uh, you were Ivan. You were saying your big laugh out uh, loud moment was when you um, you uh, when M M at Walsh points at the phone book, right? And he just says, this guy or whatever, right? Well, for me, it was just this kind of throwaway gag when he's he's hitchhiking That's and some guy pulls up to, you know, yeah. he go, they go like, uh, St. Louis? And he goes, Navin Johnson, actually. Or, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, things like that. And there's other, you know, there were, there were when he, when he talks, <laughs> when the woman, he rescues the child and the woman's like, can I do anything to repay? He's like, I'd like a kiss. And she's mm. like, sure. And then he kisses the kid. And he, like, things like that, that you don't expect, they're good setups, and then they don't, they don't pan out the way you think they're going to. I think he has a lot of, like, and then there's just other brilliant visual comp. Like when he's standing there, when he's guessing people's weight, he's got the r- ridiculous glasses and mm-hmm. the, that whole outfit on. Like, just seeing him stand there looking yeah. dejected with those glasses. I mean, he's like, a, he's like, a, he's not a subtle comedian, right? I mean, his humor is really broad, the way he delivers uh, yeah. jokes and everything. But, but it's also really smart, you know. Like the the, the humor is smart, dumb. It's witty, you know? yeah. It's 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 the I, I, he's a writer as well, right? I think yeah. he's written things. So well, I feel like that he's a he's a little bit of everything. Steve Martin is a musician. A musician he's yeah. a writer. He's he was a, a novelist. He's an artist. He's done a little bit of everything. Right. My image of Steve Martin as a comedian is the guy the either on Saturday Night Live doing the King Tut thing or um, uh, the, the arrow through the, the, the head, right? Thing, yeah. Which. And playing banjos, I mean, that was part right. of his. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Too. Yeah. yeah, he's apparently a very accomplished banjo player. Yeah, right. I think that's yeah. like what he's doing now. He's going on right. tour. I think with just just yeah. playing music, which, actually, which is I think cool. would be awesome to see him in concert. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't really do as many movies now. And when he does, when Steve Martin makes a movie, I'm usually not that excited about it because it's not really that usually not that good. Just like you know, unfortunately, the movies that Robin Williams was making before he passed away the most of those weren't very good either. He was he so, did one recently with uh, Alec Baldwin and uh, John Krasinski. He was. Yeah, oh, when uh, yeah, sure. Um, Dave, look this up. Uh, I don't know, but I but I I, I can't remember the. It last was like he he has he was this John Krasinski. Ah, whatever. It's not important. Anyway, anyway. so getting back on track. <laughs> Good radio so yeah, here. getting back All on right. track. I thought this movie was pretty funny, and and in the in the realm of of comedies, I would call it. Maybe a classic. Mediocre. You know, I mean, they would say, like, it, yeah, it, it approaches. I didn't hate this movie. No, no, I like, I like this movie. I mean, it was <laughs> funny. I mean, that's what you have. I mean, uh, that's what a comedy has to be. Even forty years later, there still has to be at least a handful of good scenes that, uh, and, and it can't be. Uh, you know, there was nothing that stood out to me as like, like, it, nothing hurt. It, not, there was nothing that bad in it where I thought, well, okay, there were some funny parts, but the rest of it sucked. Right? There's a lot of comedies right, right, that come right, out yeah. today where you're like. You definitely, if you laugh out loud moments, and then the rest of it's not worth. I just like the box quote you're suggesting is none of it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> this movie will not harm you. Um, mostly harmless is Dave's review of the jerk. Um, mostly harmless, yeah. No, 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 but mostly harmless and and uh, often hilarious. There you go. How about that? Um, so I came in this. I was really hesitant, as as was Mike, because I often find times when people will talk about movies that are hilarious and they grew up with them and how funny they are, and then you watch them and they're just not funny to you. Mm, yeah. Um, but I mean, I would be lying if I said I didn't laugh throughout this movie. There's a lot of great moments in it. I don't think. I guess my big issue, and whether or not you really are going to love The Jerk, is totally dependent on how much you can accept a movie that's strictly trying to tell jokes. Mm-hmm. Because your enjoyment mm-hmm. of this film is strictly based on the fact whether or not you like the, ga- the, the gag that is happening and the gag that follows. Because there's not really a plot, so to speak, or the plot isn't, doesn't really mean a whole lot. Yeah, you're it's, right. It's not like you really care about the outcome or really invest in that right. way. Mm-hmm. So it's only as funny as the jokes. But that being said, the jokes are pretty funny. Um, I think some work out better than others. 
I didn't I didn't really give a crap about his relationship with Bernadette Peters in the movie who plays yeah. the love interest. And I don't know yeah. if you're meant to care yeah. about it. Um, but a lot of I, I feel like it was a gratuitous love interest. I think you know you care about as much as you have to for you know. I don't know if it was gratuitous, but it was um, not gratuitous. It was like uh, someone to, someone to play off is the word. Like I was straight. She was like the straight. Yeah, gratuitous yeah. is the right word. Right. But obligatory is what I meant to obligatory, say. Obligatory, yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to use example of the greatest comedy of all time, Wayne's World. You do actually, <laughs> you do actually in, in that film, you do actually invest in the relationship between Wayne and Cassandra. You do really, um, which is yeah, yeah that's you true. you actually do care about that relationship in a certain way. Where in this film, you, you know, that's kind of a throwaway thing. Um, there are certain highlight moments for me that I just think really work. As I said, I love the parts in this movie where it dares to get really dark and subversive. Those are the funniest parts in this movie. And they often have to, often revolve around death. I think the second biggest laugh for me is when they're shooting the maid via firing squad and it just cuts to the maid just being blown away. Like, right. like it, it, that is such a dark joke. What was, oh, she took her money out of the savings account too yeah. soon, right? She took it out of the savings <laughs> yeah. account too soon and her punishment is by death. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> it's this very dark and subversive moment in a goofy comedy. And that kind of yeah. stuff just really sticks out to me. The kind of... Uh, yeah, the serial killer that uh, that tries to kill Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, right, they're, right. Just, they're just like the, the cutaway to a serial killer with a gun who just wants to kill Steve Martin and even that whole and sequence where he's being fired at is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, and these he, cans, have, he <laughs> wants to shoot these cans. And I, and I loved I loved the comments the guy with the, with the rifles make like ah, run of the mill schlub American working man <laughs> yeah. middle class like just hurling these meaningless accusations. It's almost like an Onion article put to film in a way. Right, like yeah, it's yeah. really like it's like you read this like you know average man targeted by like crazy person, <laughs> right, right. and I think that that kind of stuff works very well. And then obviously this movie, this film is known for being Steve Martin's first starring role in a feature film. It's yeah. the first one he huh. headlined, yeah. and he brings it. I mean, he's yeah. great in this movie. And the one thing about Steve Martin that's very interesting is that he always has gray hair. And everything yeah, I've no. ever known him from. It's yeah. like he's been the same age for four yeah. years. But that's, yeah. that, that's very interesting to me because I can only picture Steve Martin as Steve Martin, like this concept he's timeless. of him. Yeah, he's, he's got this yeah. very timeless sense as a comedian. And to put up a very strong comparison is you watch a movie like Ace Ventura with a younger Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. And, an, and a Jim Carrey now just doesn't have that. He doesn't have it anymore. That's because he relies so much on the physical physical stuff. yeah but, I mean not that Steve Martin doesn't but but like I just I look at Steve Martin I'm like oh, it's just the same comedian that's been telling these same type of humor for the past 30 years right. and um, I, I think that that adds to the timelessness of the movie I don't think it would work nearly as well if you have a different actor in this lead role if you put even even a great comedian like Richard Pryor or somebody else in this role I don't think the movie works as well yeah. I don't think mm. it holds up as well mm. um, there are things that date the film uh, you know, there's a lot of jokes about disco. He has a disco club in his house and all that kind of <laughs> but stuff. But see, even that, like, it was disco club, but it, for me, it, it felt timeless in the sense of, like, he has a nightclub in his house. It's just, like, it's this lavish room with, you know, it could have been someone playing dubstep in there. It doesn't matter. True. But it was, right. I mean, yeah, it's disco, but... Um, the one thing I do want to talk about is this idea that it's just one gag from the next. And I want... I mean, did, did you have... I struggled a bit with the pacing, of that. And I would argue that you could literally start this movie anywhere and be fine. Like there's yeah, no re- there's no <laughs> way like there's nothing like it, this would be the ultimate movie to watch on television with commercial breaks, which I know how you don't you don't want to ever watch a movie, yeah. but you could just pick it up, watch for 15 minutes, put it down, I think, come back. Yeah, in. I mean this is all, uh, or or you could say it was made for 
for YouTube clips, right? I mean, you can you can just upload your favorite part and then re replay that with your friends. Or but do you have? I mean, do you feel that's a detriment to the film at all? That there's uh, nothing. I mean, I think if I, I think if you're trying to do both, like you're trying to make like a profound statement and make it funny at the same time, maybe. But I think I think it does its job. It's just it's it really is. You know, it's supposed to entertain. He's a comedian, right? He's trying to you know. He wants to act. He does want to tell a story. He wants you to sympathize. You do sympathize with his character to an extent, you know, when he's walking out by himself with his chair and his paddleboard game. Like, I still kind of feel bad for the guy in a way, you know. There's, but it's not in the same sense as I would in any other movie in a drama. You know, it's just, you again, you feel what you're supposed to feel at the beats, I think. But um, I, don't, I don't think he's necessarily trying to get anyone to cry. I think it's just, you know... He's going on the you know the prototypical hero's journey, I guess, right? Yeah. But doing so in a comedy in a way that's funny, and in some way, I guess that's, I feel like it's almost a satire of that as well, of the idea of like a fall from grace and how you know, I mean, when you think about how he falls from grace, he has to write out a million dollar thirty three checks or something like that, right? <laughs> and he's got all his checkbooks, he's just writing them out, and he's getting you know, like I, I, yeah, I, I think it kind of sets here, uh, satirizes the whole. <laughs> I mean, like, it's funny. While you're talking, I'm, like, scrolling through, like, quotes from the movie. And this is the... You know, I feel like there's a lot of comedies where you could read the scripts and read the dialogue and you wouldn't actually laugh, you know? Like, maybe... I can't, I can't think of one. Like, the most popular comedy of recent years is probably The Hangover, right? The Hangover is... But that's heavily dependent on... Zach on, on the situation uh, yeah. and, and the actors in it, right? I'm sure if I read the script... I'm not, I haven't read the script, but... I would imagine if I sat here and read dialogue from The Hangover, I probably wouldn't laugh, right? Because it's a lot of it's dependent on, um, on on the way it's staged and directed. But I'm I'm sitting here reading, you know, some of the dialogue from The Jerk, and like for instance, there's this scene where Steve Martin's in bed with Bernadette Peters, and she's sleeping, and she and he says, uh, "You look so beautiful and peaceful, you almost look dead," and I'm glad, <laughs> see what I mean? <laughs> because there's something I want to say that's always been very difficult for me to say. I slit, I slit the sheet, a sheet I slit, upon a slit, a sheet I sit. Whew, there, I've never been relaxed around anyone <laughs> enough to say that. You know, it's like, there's a lot of things that are funny at the script level. It's written yes, funny. Right, I think, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely true. Um, and I, I'd argue a lot of modern comedies are very much dependent on the actors portraying certain roles. Mm -hmm. Like uh, one of the most successful comedies of the past, you know, 10 or 15 years was Wedding Crashers. Right. And that script, um, I actually read that script uh, just because I was curious, and a lot of those jokes do not work on a script level. It requires someone like Vince Vaughn you in that Vince role. Vaughn's nervous energy to you be need able to, yeah. to add something mm -hmm. to it. Um, so that's a testament to the film, which is, which Martin also wrote, mm -hmm. uh, that a lot of that stuff does work. Right. And uh, the other thing is, you talk about the concept of smart stupid, like mm -hmm. this idea that the comedy is very dumb, but in a very intelligent way. <laughs> right, and right. I just am a big fan of, um, and this is the Mike Myers fan in me, or the classic Mike Myers fan in me. I like dumb visual gags. Yeah. Like, they move to a bigger house, and it's literally the same, <laughs> same house, exact house, but it's just the yeah. door is, like, gigantic. <laughs> yeah. And that is so dumb. But yeah. it's so dumb, it's funny. And, like, um, and you know, to, to prove that this is funny is, my wife did not watch this movie with me, but she sat down literally uh, for the last, like, five minutes. Mm -hmm. And she saw that scene, and she chuckled at that. Like, that's a funny, that's a, a yeah. lot of funny bit gags, or even just the fact that the, uh, the, the device he... Uh, invents is so oh, stupid it's looking. so great. It's so dumb looking <laughs> that um, it, it's funny just looking at people wear it. Wear it, right, yeah. right. Um, so that kind of stuff. And, and, it, and also, too, I feel like that in some way is a comment on like it's this, the newest ridiculous fashion trend. And I love, I think, I think that part of the plot, I, I love the fact that like these. <laughs> 
because there's something always in your field of vision, you're always looking at it, and then you go, everyone's going cross-eyed from it. Like, I just, I, and, he, and the guy gets on TV, and he's cross-eyed, and everyone takes their glasses off, and everyone realizes that they're cross-eyed. Well, I think the guy, I mean, it's Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. Yeah, Reiner. Carl Reiner. Okay, yeah, 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 and that's another interesting thing about the movie, is that I can't think of a, of a movie that, that I've seen where the dir- directors make cameos in movies, but directors don't typically make cameos as themselves in the movie they're directing. Right, right. Doesn't Mel Brooks do that in a few movies where oh, he, he does, shows well, he makes up? cameos, yeah. but he, does he show up as Mel Brooks? I don't know. No, no, you're right. In Spaceballs, there's a sequence where they look at Mel Brooks' movies inside uh, well, the movie. But that's, that's pretty that's, close. That, yeah, that's, that's close, but like... It's not, you're right. I mean, it's it's not, not exactly the same thing. Right. Uh, and Carl Reiner is this interesting figure in comedy because he's just this kind of like big... He's like a big hulking man, you yeah, know? Yeah. He's like a tall force of nature of comedy. I think and most people... Our generation probably knows him more from the Ocean's Eleven movies, right? That is true. Yeah, right. he was. Uh, he plays. Um, I forget the role. Is it Saul? Saul. Yeah, yeah. in that in that film, um, but he um, he's kind of an interesting voice as well, and and he and he defined the comedy of the time as well uh, in the nineteen seventies and eighties too. I mean, him and Mel Brooks, I feel like were both very large comedic forces yeah. at the time. So, I mean, that kind of style of comedy, I feel like, works very well in a timeless fashion. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, uh, uh, an example, and maybe you guys can answer this question, of a film uh, that you is very popular, very funny nowadays, that you do not think will work in 20 years. It doesn't feel like a pantheon comedy. Mm. A movie that you... That you know, I'm just I'm trying to think of something that works in that way. It's hard to predict. I mean, so I, I you know my favorite one of my favorite uh, comedies is um, well, I mean, Anchorman. We, so yeah, I was getting, I, it's I funny. Wonder, I just pulled up like what are the most popular comedies, and, and Anchorman is definitely yeah. Anchorman, The Hangover, uh, and then Judd Apatow. I guess I mean, I mean for me, I, I'm a fan of Judd Apatow. The whole you know see those kind of game like. I don't think those are going to hold up as well. well, well I, I we'll think see. Anchorman I mean, is a little bit better at that. Well, because I think because is, it's not, it's have, not you, have you rewatched the Save the 40-Year-Old Virgin? I mean, that, that movie, I, I think I just watched uh, it again last year. And it, to me, that, that movie was pretty hilarious. His movies are always a little bit too long. That's what, one nice thing about The Jerk is it, it's, you know, it's kind of a short. It's a tight 90 it's minutes. It's a tight 90 yeah. minutes, right? Yeah. Judd Apatow's movies are always bloated. All but, Judd Apatow movies to me feel like a stand-up comedy special that should have ended a half hour early. Maybe. maybe. Like he's like he's already had his like punch, big punchline and now the audience is getting tired and wants to leave their seats. <laughs> right, right. Steve Martin I think has enough ability to be like okay people are done with this now. Right. Like they've had enough dumb. But, they're, right, they're ready right. to move on. But when we're talking about characters that you invest in Judd Apatow's comedies. That I'm, is true. I'm definitely invested in say the Catherine Keener or Steve Carell relationship in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Um, and I would say Seth Rogen and, and uh, what's her name? Catherine Heigl. <laughs> Catherine Heigl. I mean, I, I like them in, in Knocked Up. And, um, well, you would and, ar- and Funny People between Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler. I mean, you, you know. would argue that Judd Apatow is interested in telling more of a story right. with jokes in it. Yeah. And yeah. Steve Martin is just interested in telling, telling joke. jokes. Definitely. Um, in The Jerk. Yeah, because I feel like his movies, they have, they have a little bit more drama in them. I think there's a little bit more, there's more character moments, there's more of a, a plot, and I think like... A, I feel like the movie that's the movies that Seth Rogen has been doing himself, you know, probably still with Judd Apatow, but directing with his partner Evan Goldberg, like uh, this is the end. That's you know closer to say what Steve Martin's doing, where it's pure jokes, right? That's just except they're much different. The different kind of jokes. Different kinds of jokes. Well, but. the Steve Martin joke is a very he has a very um, I would almost say he has a classic sense of comedy in this 
almost like a, a, a Marx Brothers film mm-hmm. or even a Three Stooges bit and gag. There's mm-hmm. always a setup mm-hmm. where the, 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 the full character thinks they're smarter than the other person. They're actually much dumber. The audience, through dramatic irony, knows they're much dumber. Mm-hmm. And then chaos ensues. And a great example of that is the him thinking he's going to stop the Cholos from stealing everything. <laughs> so he gives them all the money and all that kind of stuff. And then he attaches their car and then they the pull church, off the church, the church, which is another laugh out loud moment in the film to me. And it's not, it's not the sight gag of him pulling the church off. I think that's a cool effect moment. But the funniest part of that scene is it's him saying, him ta- telling them what to look for. We're going to look for a car. It's pulling a church. I didn't get a license plate, but it's most likely the only one that's pulling a church. Right, 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 right. That's and the fact that it's, it splits a wedding in half. There's like the groom is on the altar. I think the bride was walking up yeah. to the altar. So like in the middle of a wedding, you just see all like yeah. just which stuff is like a, that. Which is, is a brilliant yeah. symbolic sight gag. Like it's two people about to be joined in union and they're ripped, ripped apart, apart yeah. before it actually happens. Yeah. And that type of comedy is very classic and works on a level that I think that a lot of either modern comedies don't work at. Or, um, or just don't aspire to be like anymore. I w- name a movie. I guess maybe a better question is than what movie is going to hold up. Is w- is there a movie like The Jerk anymore? Are we getting comedies like The Jerk? Maybe, maybe the the Ferrelli brothers in the '90s and some of the movies they've made in the. In but the, they haven't the made knots. a good movie in like 15. No, years. I'm not saying they've made good movies. I mean, <laughs> you know, like but the, you made the closest might be like uh, Dumb and Dumb and Dumber. You know, like Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber is a great example, but that you know, Dumb and Dumber is what. 20, 15 years ago now? Yeah, yeah it's about 20 years 20 old. 20 years yeah, ago? Like and I never saw the sequel so. that just came out. So. Right, yes. But it's I mean, out? But it's... Yeah, it came out, Whoa, it came out like but, last summer. Right. Okay, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's the closest one I can think of where, the yeah, they do sometimes still make movies about the fool, right? Or the, the fools that, uh, that are kind of sweet and innocent and, uh, you know, we're supposed to identify with them and, uh, you know, everyone around them is kind of the, uh, the straight man or whatever and they're... And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe Ace Ventura, possibly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like you don't get a lot of these movies anymore. I think the the 90s, we still got them. Maybe the early 2000s. I could even argue that maybe Zoolander fits this mold. Yeah. Where it's, yeah ben Stiller has probably attempted to be, the like, you know, a dodgeball. And um, Ben Stiller kind of plays that ca- kind of character a lot, I would say. But I just feel like in the last 10 years or so, we've had this, ever since, maybe it's ever since Wedding Crashers, we've had this deluge of movies that kind of fit into that same kind of frat pack mold mm-hmm. and don't necessarily break out or even reflect back to classic types of comedy. What about a movie like Borat, for instance? Well, Borat's a different kind of film because Borat oh, is improvisational. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, he's definitely the the fool, right? But I mean, he's... He's a fool, in, but he's playing off actual people. So the right. humor in Borat is mm-hmm. watching how normal people react to the fool in a real-life situation, which I think is taking a traditional premise and totally tweaking it. Because imagine if Steve Martin plays Navin R. Johnson against real people. Right. Like, he acts like he's doing... It would be a completely different movie. Yeah, I don't think it would work in the same way. I feel like this movie is incredibly structured, whereas a movie like Borat is they're just trying to get whatever they can get. Right. And they kind of put it together. Mm -hmm. So, But I think think what makes it different, Dave kind of touched on it, is that, like, at the script level, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, I think it's just a smarter script overall. I think a lot of movies nowadays are just, I, I think it's carried by the actors. And I think it's carried by what they bring to the table. I don't think it's necessarily like it's star, cleverly star structured. Driven. Yeah, it's not cleverly structured where it's like, okay, we're going to set up, audience is going to think this, and then boom, something else unexpected happens. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's just a very different process now. I don't think it's scripts are looked at that way. I don't think they're, they're processed or treated the same way. No, I don't. I, I agree with that. And and again, it comes down to Steve Martin and his delivery of how he just says words. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
250 big ones. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, like, right. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's, you know, it's a million miles away from Robin Williams, right? I mean, he's got a very slow and deliberate way of delivering jokes. You know? Oh, absolutely. That's yeah, a great and point. It's, and, and it's yeah. right. So, not, not, but again, not only, not only at the script level, because I think Steve Martin then kind of takes his own spin on it. Like you just said, the way he says certain things, even in his, in his stand up, he'll just like, you know, like, I'm currently doing this. That's what I'm into now. It's the way he says yeah. certain things that I don't know. I don't know. In, in wedding, I've never uh, heard anyone actually do a Steve Martin. That was impression. pretty good. So, <laughs> you know, he's not one of those comedians. He's not one of those actors and comedians that I hear people like. But he has a very thing. deliberate way of speaking, and it's all about the intonation of how he says things. Right. Which um, it's almost great that you can. This isn't a. This is. Uh, it's funny that you talk about how he talks slowly. It's a film that I never missed a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's right. like with uh, we talked about Robin Williams. Oh God, and, I feel like there was 50 jokes in the movie. I or maybe Woody Allen is another good comparison, right? Where I mean, they're how like in contrast at least, right? He's much different, much faster. You go back and watch Woody Allen movie again, you're like, oh, you know, you can miss a ton of things. And he was yeah. another person that was probably really, really his comedy was really big at this time. Yeah, right? every time I watch a Woody Allen movie, I just feel so uneasy with my own self because right. he's such it's a, a mirror. nervous. He's, he's holding a mirror yeah. up. It's too, it's too close to home, let me tell you. Uh, the we, should, we should do a Woody, Ma- we, a Woody we, Allen we movie. We really oh, should. We will. Don't worry. Well, I want to talk, oh, we will. <laughs> I want to start talking about more comedies in general because I think in discussing this show, we're determining whether movies are not, whether you we should consider movies to be a part of this mystical area of movies that everyone should watch. Kind, like, yeah. like, do you want to watch, is the, is the jerk a movie that you're going to show your son and your daughter? And you know, is this a seminal comedy that needs to be watched? Uh, a, lot, I, a lot of those kind of movies are also in the, the movies that you want to show to your son or daughter or whoever are usually movies that meant something to you growing up. Right. I agree. I agree. I see it has no personal significance to me, but I still recognize this as a well done movie and a great yeah. movie. You know, I, I don't think this is like life changing for me, but it was definitely, it makes me appreciate, you know, Steve Martin, Steve Martin's you're, brand of comedy. Let, and let's say you're forced to make a top 20 comedies of all time. Oh Does God. the jerk make it on there? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to think, I definitely would have to think about that one. Is, it, would, even, yeah. is it even on the he's short definitely, list? He's definitely one of the top 20 comedians of all time. Yeah, I, I would say actors, that. I would say know? that. I would definitely say Steve Martin's one of my favorites. I'd say, I'd mm-hmm. say top, top 10, mm-hmm. maybe even. And, and this is, and this is uh, even considering the fact that most of his movies I don't like. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can think of a bunch of movies that he's made. You know, let's say all the cheaper. Uh, how many cheaper by the dozen two. movies are there? There's two. Uh, Father of the Bride was okay. You know, there's a sequel. I think. I mean, the, I've never seen the sequel. I've seen the original Father of the Bride. I remember liking it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it was good. an it's okay good. movie. But see, you know, it's it's. It, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's actually a really really good question. Because as much as I like the movie, I'm not sure if I put it in one of those like a top twenty. Yeah, that's. I, you know, I think movies like like Anchorman, Ghostbusters, even like right movies like that, where I'm like, oh man, those, you gotta see these movies. They're great. Spaceballs, like I, I, I don't know if the jerk goes in. I, I think it's good, but I don't think it's amazing. I you think know what I, I mean? Th- yeah, I think that's the way. Monty I, Python, Holy Grail, like, like something like that. I'm gonna I tell you like. actually my favorite Steve Martin movie. I can't believe this. I, I forgot this. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, see that one. See that's the, I'm, exactly. I'm putting that one on our list. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, we should watch it at Thanksgiving time. But yeah. um, so planes, trains, and automobiles. If you're making a top twenty, it that, beats the that jerk. Would, that, that is a, that is a movie that goes on. Can my I top can top. I yeah. offer a suggestion why it does? And I'll tell you because Planes, Trains has heart. Yes, oh, and, I agree. Um, I agree. And as much as and here's my issue with the jerk, and I'm talking, I'm trying to answer my own question. I think it's a really well made movie. I think it's still funny, which is impressive to me. This isn't a movie that I need to show my son. 
No. I agree. Like I agree. 15 years. This and isn't no. a movie that. But it is a movie that maybe I want to show my son on YouTube, like the, the, this one scene. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. there might be something that my, in this case, my daughters uh, would, you know, be would be saying and say that reminds me of the scene from the jerk. Let me show you. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's where you know I have to draw. Like if I'm being a hardcore line, I think this is a good comedy that just misses something on yeah. the actual story or character that prevents it from reaching that echelon. And I think that's you know we kind of talk about like you know what separates it from you know I think not having that element of extra element of drama makes it not as doesn't hit you as deep it's really more of like a glancing blow it's kind of more of like a snack than it is a meal you know it's something that's it's good it's fun but it's not necessarily something that's going to really make you think or profoundly affect you or you know alter something yeah Yeah. I mean I'm glad this movie exists I'm glad that I mean I'm you know Steve Martin was already becoming a star at the time but you know I'm glad that there was something that kind of got him to make movies because you know he made a lot of movies that I did end up really liking a lot so Cool. I'm, you know, I'm glad yeah, he's in our. In, uh, I'm glad he's in our world, and I'm glad he continues to. Uh, you know, he was. Did you guys watch the uh, Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary special? I watched. Uh, I, I watched it. clips of it. I didn't yeah, watch the whole I, thing. I actually watched the whole thing. I watched and, the and, Wayne's World clip, and it was a good summation of Saturday Night Live. You know, it's like a messy. The show was the special was messy, just like the show was messy. But you know, it's it was good. Part to, of its charm. It was good to see certain people, and Steve Martin was one of those people where I was like, I'm really glad I got to see him. You know, just kind of stand up and like do stand up because he doesn't really do that very very often. And I like seeing him in things. I mean, I see him in, uh, he was in um, 30 Rock. He had one episode where he was really funny oh. in that. Um, oh, and then uh, A Little Shop of Horrors, he's fantastic. He's got a small part he in that. He plays the dentist. Is, oh, God. Yeah, a sadistic one dentist. The, one of the best comedic Yeah, and he's got the, the ever, opening actually. scene where he's on the motorcycle. I'm a and he's Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> talks about how he's like deranged, and he's like, you're, his mother tells him, like, you're going to be a dentist. Right, and that was weird because they gave him a, a, a wig where he didn't have gray hair, right? He was dark, dark colored. Uh, Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Whenever Steve Martin has a wig on, <laughs> I just respect me off a the fact bit. that he owned up. He's like, you know what? I went gray early, and I'm just owning this. Yeah, right. yeah. It's right. part of his. It's become right. part of his brand, essentially. What do you like, think's harder, going uh, bald as an actor or going oh, gray? Oh, bald. Bald. Oh, sorry. Yeah, bald. Bald, bald is so much worse. Gray. Yeah, I would so take gray better. hair any day. Yeah, you know, men have had this thing where men look distinguished when they turn gray. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them just look. You know, he just yeah. looks like he's got gray hair. I won't. Yeah. Don't worry. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll look like a freakish, a freakish boy child that happens to have gray <laughs> hair. It's just like, why is that 13-year-old going gray? It's just, that's basically what that'll look like. Um, so any final thoughts as we close out our discussion of The Jerk? We should figure it. Well, no. So we got to figure out what we're doing next week. But as far as that closing, I, I don't know. I, I just like Steve Martin. I like seeing Steve Martin in action. Um, this is enjoyable. It was good. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially for movies in the '70s, I think I come down kind of hard on those. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I like it. Steve Martin, well done. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to compare this to say a movie like uh, Clerks, which we watched, and it was kind <laughs> of, I mean, I, <laughs> I laughed a lot at the jerk. I didn't really. I mean, even, maybe it's because I had seen Clerks so many times, but I still think even trying to step back, I wouldn't have laughed that much at Clerks. You know, I just feel I like just, I just wouldn't have. I'm I mean, not going, I, I, I would have I'm said, not going down this I can, road. I, I, it's more like uh, I can kind of well, see. Well, not why to get it's too funny. far on a digression, but my take on Clerks though is Clerks is still a more important movie cinematically uh, than The yes. Jerk. Probably, just I mean, regardless of whether or not you like Clerks, what that movie did Fair, yeah, mm-hmm. to there, movies yeah. is mm-hmm. very big. Right. The Jerk is a solidly made comedy in the '70s that reflected the time period. Right. But that's not. But that said, as as a as a comedy, I laughed more at The Jerk. I mean, and comedy is such a very you know such a subjective. Thing. I mean, someone might laugh just as hard at Clerks watching it today, but and they'd be for wrong. Me, for, that's me, fine. <laughs> yeah. for me, uh, the jerk, you know, works. Works as a you know, it made me laugh. I agree. So I think that's a good take on the movie. Uh, I think that I, I, I'd be curious to know whether or not other people 
it hold this up as a movie that they've watched a lot as a kid and it holds like a lot of sentimental value or if it's just a funny comedy. And something I'd be really curious is like the clerk's crowd. Like you just said, like, I, the clerk's cl- crowd, kids today, mm-hmm. if you watch The Jerk, is it funny or is it just kind of like, oh, this is like old man humor. I don't get it. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's genuinely funny for us because we're kind of in between those two, those two uh, uh, groups, age groups, but I, I, I'd be curious to see what I think like the youngsters and the youngins and the kids of these days think of mm-hmm. the movie. But yeah. With their iPhones and their Snapchats yeah, and yeah. whatever the hell they have. Sexting. Uh, snappers. Yeah. So um, closing out this episode, uh, I want to mention that you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com um, and leave us an iTunes review if you'd be so kind. Also, uh, we need to talk about what movie we're doing next, correct? Who's pick, Dave? No, it's no, my pick. It's your pick. Okay, here we go. It goes, what are we doing? Um, I think we are going to break the first rule of Fight Club, and we're going to talk about Fight Club. Oh, okay. So, um, All right. So, this we'll should, be a, this one, should be a popular one, probably. Well, just we should have seven listeners this time. <laughs> seven thousand, let's right? Not, seven big let's, ones. Let's not, get, let's not get crazy. Six, Dave. Yeah, sorry. Six. Um, but we'll be talking about David Fincher's Fight Club based on the Chuck Palahniuk novel um, starring um, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. So that's Helena what we'll, Bonham Carter. So we will be doing that show. We'll try to keep the same schedule and release that early the following week because we release this so one. So it won't be this yeah. Sunday. It'll be the following, following Sunday. Following Sunday. Monday, Monday morning. Monday. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Look we'll figure it out. Look, uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook and you'll be able to figure that out. And make sure to rewatch it so you can uh, watch it with us. Mike, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the internet at MikeMirandi.com. Twitter, at... <laughs> Mike falling Randy. asleep, Jesus, <laughs> and loitering around, loitering around in public restrooms, <laughs> loitering around, loiter, hanging around in bars. I don't really, Dave. I'm tired. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Glanz, G L A N Z, and my portfolio, DaveGlanzProductions.com. Dave has got a lot of Twitter followers, so you better I watch do? out. Yeah, he's crushing it. Yeah. And how many do you have? What, what you got? He's got like 9,000? No, 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 no. I think like 700 or something. Oh. Whoa, whoa. I think they're the different Dave Glans. Um, yeah, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Ivan Kander. And um, I, what am I? Your website's lucky9studios.com. <laughs> and at, uh, I write for a website called shortoftheweek.com where you can watch uh, great short films. So uh, until next time, we will be uh, staying away from cans. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's cans. He wants to shoot these cans. There you go. I, mi- I missed that completely. <laughs> <laughs>